You're listening to a message from Gateway Church Geelong. We hope it blesses you. For more information about Gateway, visit gc.org.au. Welcome to church. So good to have you with us today if you're visiting. Uh, my name's Lee. I'm the pastor here at Gateway. And I, uh, you know, for our summer Sundays, we're going to be focusing uh, on God's immeasurably more promises. Who believes that God's got immeasurably more promises for you and your life? We're going to focus on how they've been outworked in the lives of normal, everyday people in the Bible. Um, our passage of scripture they're going to be looking at this revolves around is Ephesians 3:20 to 21 who's familiar with that passage of scripture three hands it's really good that we're going to be going over this today now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us Take note of that this morning. To him be glory in the church and to Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. In the message version, it says it like this. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but working within us, his spirit deeply and gently in us. Amen. God's a good God, working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Now, God has always been able to do far more than we could ever imagine. I mean, he created the universe. He created us. He created everything in this world, the galaxies beyond, far beyond our wildest dreams. I mean, I, I, I can have some pretty big dreams. Anyone else have some pre- pretty big dreams? The Bible says that God can go beyond that again. So I want to I put it out there for you today, for us today. What are your wildest dreams? It can be really, really, really easy to go through life and, and maybe not have wildest dreams anymore. To get caught up in just the, the daily grind. What are your wildest dreams the question for all of us collectively, what are the wildest dreams for this church? What are the wildest dreams that we could have for this church? Well, this year, we're going to be sharing what our wildest dreams are as a church and for our church. And then we're going to believe that God can go immeasurably more beyond those, those wildest dreams as well. You know, a scripture that we looked at at the end of last year was Isaiah 54 verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Immeasurably more than you could ever imagine. Your wildest dreams. Some of you will have heard these next words that I'm about about to share. For some of you, maybe it's the first time that you've ever heard them. Just hang in there with me today. Who's ever heard of a side quest? Anybody who's played any form of video games will be familiar with the side quest. For those of you who aren't familiar, a side quest or a side mission is an optional quest that does not advance the game's main story. Just for kicks or just for boredom, depending on what game you're playing. I want to encourage you today. You may feel that your life has taken a side quest. 
You may have walked your own journey, gone off and tried to do life on your own with little input from God. Yep, maybe, maybe it's a side quest, particularly if it hasn't advanced the main story of your life in following Jesus. I just want to encourage you today, come back to the narrow path of following Jesus. See, in the journey of faith and mission, there should be no side quests. Avoid them at all costs. It doesn't help the main journey of following Jesus. It may feel like at times that you're distracted, but distraction is not a side quest. Distraction is distraction. Maybe you could describe it as a side quest, but I want to encourage you today that the challenges that we have in life, the things that come out of the blue, in God, they're not side quests. They are moments for us to be gently refined. Come back to the narrow path. See, we're refined and we're developed in these moments. We could perceive it as being frustrating. We can perceive it as being challenging, yes, because often it does feel like that. But it's not the end of your story. It's part of the gentle work that God is doing deeply within us. God can show us and will show us his immeasurably more, far more than we could ever dream or imagine, guess or request in our wildest dreams. He does this, how? By working in us. How does he work within us at times? Challenges, frustrations, children. Gently he does this. Our children, not so gently, but the Holy Spirit, gently, deeply within us. See, these deep things that he wants to work on, they they may be standing in between us and what's beyond our wildest dreams. His refining work is part of getting you to those beyond the wildest dreams. His refining work is part of the quest of following Jesus. I want us to look this morning at the first person in our Immeasurably More series for Summer Sundays. And God did far beyond her wildest dreams. You know, we look at here as a faith in the Bible all the time on a regular basis. But today, I have a new hero of the faith, the Samaritan woman. So really? That's your new, that is my new hero of the faith. And we're going to read through this lengthy passage of scripture today because I think when we take in the whole story sometimes when we focus on part of this story but when we focus on the whole story all of a sudden she becomes a hero of the faith so reading from John 4 1 to 42 I'm going to read a bit and then we'll pause and chat and then we'll go back again but this is what it says from verse 1 Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually he came to the Samaritan village of Sychar, near the field that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time and his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. Verse 9, the woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Let's pause there for a moment today. 
This is, this is the power of the good news of Jesus right here. And I, I put this to us today. I, I, I caught this glimpse of Jesus here in this immeasurably more moment. True followers of Jesus see the person behind the title given to them. He didn't see a Samaritan woman. He didn't see someone with a title. In, in this passage of Scripture, she's a Samaritan woman, therefore Jews shouldn't associate. But he sees behind the title, sees a person that needs to hear about the good news and the eternity that God wants to offer to them. True followers of Jesus see the person behind the title that's given to them. Verse 10, Jesus replied, If only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Sounds like one of those like waters in the coals aisle that's like four times the price of normal water because it's like had some stuff sprinkled in it, doesn't it? It's like, give me some of that. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. How, how would you get this living water? And besides, you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? Well, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I, I will give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. This, this moment here, this is the first immeasurably more moment that God wants to give every single person. Be on your wildest dreams. Salvation, eternal life. God wants to give all creation, his, all his created people, eternal life. This is the first moment. Salvation that gives life, amen. New life. Verse 15, you can see, you can see in, in, her, in her response here, please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. There's intention in her at this moment. She's like, hang on a second. I'm hearing what you're saying and I want some of that. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here and get water. And this is a part that we focus on a lot in this story. Verse 16, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband for... You've had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with right now. You certainly speak the truth. Notice in Jesus' description here, there's no judgment. She's just, he's just like, I, I, I know who you are. I, I know who you are and I still want to offer you life-giving water. And so I say this to all of us in the room and those who are listening online this morning. I, are you worried and concern that the decisions that you've made will stop what God has for you. This moment proves to all of us that Jesus offers forgiveness to all. Yes, may have made some bad decisions. Yes, may have walked on a path that you're not meant to walk on. But it's not the end of your story. It doesn't finish there. Verse 19, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place to worship, while Samaritans claim that it's here on this mount where our ancestors worship? And Jesus replied, 
believe me, dear woman. I, I like that. <laughs> believe me, dear, it's so endearing, so loving, speaking to the very heart of who he sees that she is. The time is coming. It will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one that you worship. While we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here right now when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. It's here right now. Jesus is here right now. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth, church. God is looking for people who will turn to him. Accept the immeasurably more. Accept salvation. Accept eternal life and worship him with all of their hearts. Doesn't matter if it's on a mountaintop, in a city somewhere, in a church building, in your lounge room at home. He's just looking for people who would accept eternal life, turn to him and worship him in spirit and in truth with all of their hearts. It's not about a mountain. It's not about a place. It's about a heart that's transformed and worships him in spirit and truth. Amen. The woman said, I, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Can you imagine the moment? So it's one of those moments where the air sucks out of a room, right? It's like, <gasps> what, what do you say after that? Verse 27. Just then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman, but none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her or why are you talking to her? This is where it gets interesting. This is my hero of the faith moment. Are you, are you ready for it? This is a bit we haven't perhaps focused on enough. Hero of the faith coming up right here. Verse 28. The woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. See, the immeasurably more eternal life became a reality, became salvation, became a testimony. And the only thing that she could do was run back to the other people from her town. It's like, you, you have to see this. Meanwhile, the disciples are urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. And Jesus replied, I have the kind of food that you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. And Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. We'll get back to that in a moment. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest. But I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits the planter and the harvester alike. You know the saying, one plants and another harvests, and it's true. I sent you to the harvest where you didn't plant, others had already done the work, and now you will get to gather the harvest. Folks, come on, the immeasurably more. 
our spiritual nourishment. And so often we can chase after spiritual nourishment from all these avenues, podcasts and YouTube clips and this and that, and I need to get filled up. No, our spiritual nourishment, in the words of Jesus, my spiritual nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Not consuming more, not finding other avenues to, I need to get through to Sunday. Our spiritual nourishment comes from doing the will of God in the words of Jesus. See, the will of God is the harvest of souls. In this passage, it's the harvest of souls, bringing eternal life to the people. The harvester has paid good wages, immeasurable, priceless, and the fruit is the eternity of the hearts of people. Can, can I encourage you that when you are talking to a friend, family member, someone who you've just met for the first time, and you share about your faith, there is nothing quite as rewarding as when they respond to Jesus. Nothing quite as rewarding. It's one of those moments. It's like, and this is why it says, this is why it says that the harvester has paid well for his wages. The reward, the priceless reward of seeing someone come into relationship with God through Jesus, no money can buy. No money can buy. This is what it goes on to say in verse 39. Many Samaritans from the village believed in Jesus because the woman had said, he told me everything I ever did. When they came out to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. So he stayed for two days, long enough for many to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not just because of what you've told us, but because of what we've heard ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the saviour of the world it's an encounter with Jesus many people in this room this morning have had a personal encounter with Jesus where he came and made himself real to you see eternity became real to many of the people in this town because she shared the good news of Jesus many received that are that immeasurable gift of eternal life See, in this moment, this is the true hero of faith moment, the harvested becomes the harvester. In, in that moment of time, she goes from, my life is miserable and it hasn't worked out the way that I wanted it to, to I found eternal life. I found the thing that makes me thirst no more in Jesus' name. See, the immeasurable love and grace of God redeems a heart and the heart is activated to share God's love with anyone that would listen. Can can I remind you again this morning, for those of you who have been following Jesus for a little while, can you cast your mind back to the moment that you accepted Jesus as Lord and Saviour? Think back to that moment and and what it was like. I I don't know about you, but my come to Jesus moment, I didn't walk out of that place going, eh, that was all right. Jesus, who knew everything that I'd ever done, 
accepted me as a son. I was pretty excited. What, what, was your, like, what was your moment like? Was your heart on fire for God and you had to tell the people around you, it's like, my life has changed. The harvested becomes harvester. This is the place that God has called us to, to share the love and hope of Jesus. Some key thoughts from this passage of Scripture. Feel free to take notes if, if you are this morning. That God had the immeasurably more for this, this woman, eternal life. And it's still true today. God has the immeasurably more eternal life for every single person who steps foot on this planet. You might be in this place this morning. So if you, if you only knew what I've done, he knows everything you've done. And still loves you. God knows everything that we've done and still sent Jesus. Now we often, I don't know about you, but I I feel like this is over our society at the moment. This is a very, very real thing. But we often look at the the lives of others and, and we decide what their ability could be in life. But when Jesus looked at this, this woman, he saw a soul that was ready for eternal life. And so for us today, can, can, can we just for a moment take off society's glasses for a moment? Begin to look at the people in your world and begin to ask yourself, what does Jesus see behind the title, behind the station? Who, who is this person to Jesus? And then begin to ask the question, is this person ready for eternal life? See, we see Jesus shared this story with her, but, you know, who, who was this woman in the natural? Well, Jesus didn't see who she was in the natural. What he saw is that she was going to be the town's first soul winner. It's what we focus on in this passage of Scripture. See, she witnessed the power of Jesus, God's Son, the Messiah, now, what was, her, what was her station in society? Was she outgoing normally? Did she keep her head down and keep quiet? Was she overcome with the gift of evangelism? There are so many unknowns in this story. But it's not about who she was. It's about who she became. It's not about who you were. It's about who you've become in Jesus. So yeah, we've got a rear vision mirror and we can, we can sort of see where we've come from. But let me tell you, we don't want to turn around and focus too long on what God saved us from. We remind ourselves, amen. So thank you, Lord, that you've saved me from that. It's not about who you were. It's about who God's called you to be in this very moment. So there may be so many unknowns in your life, just like there were unknowns in her life, but Jesus... Through Jesus, you can become a son and daughter of God. The one thing that we can be sure of from this passage of Scripture, that God always had a plan for her. Always. God's always had a plan for you. A perfect plan for you. See, it was far more than she could ever imagine in her wildest dreams. It was immeasurably more beyond her wildest dreams. 
See, that word immeasurably, it's not a word that we use very often. I don't know about you, but I don't use it in my daily dialogue. <laughs> um, but the word means incapable of being measured. The state of not being able to measure. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot. See, the one thing that's true, that Jesus came to bring salvation, purpose, and transformation to this woman. And you can be sure that God has a plan for you and wants to wants you bring, you, bring you the same, well beyond your wildest dreams. See, if you were to ask a Samaritan woman at this time, what was God's specific call on your life? I can guarantee you, I'm convinced that she probably wouldn't have known so often we're like, oh God, what's, what's your call on my life? So she wouldn't have known. But the account tells us, you know, there's a lot of things that have gone on in her life. That's what the account tells us. But regardless of this account of what she'd done and not done, Jesus wanted to meet with her. Can I encourage you, if you're sitting in this place, pointing, it's like, I've done this, I've done that, I haven't done this, I... It's okay. Jesus still wants to meet with you. Jesus still wants to spend time with you. Jesus wants to give you eternal life. He wants to transform us and send us on our way to share the hope of Jesus with others. Now, you, you may picture your influence on the people around you to be minimal. I, I imagine that the influence that this woman had in the town wasn't huge influence. But when she ran back into town and declared for everybody to hear, you need to see the one who's told me everything that I've ever done. You need to come and see this man. All she was able to do is tell people about her encounter with Jesus. It's simple, right? If all you can do is tell people about the encounter that you've had with Jesus. Maybe that influence is enough. If it was enough for the, this town's first soul winner, maybe that's enough. I want us to focus in for just a second this morning. I'm coming towards the end. And uh, as I was preparing this week, I strong, strongly felt that there were some people who were going to be in this space today and God wants to speak to you personally. Can I encourage you today that uh, if you're saying to yourself, oh, no, that's not for me, it's for someone else, just listen in for a moment, please. Just listen in for just a moment. Maybe, maybe you've come into this place this morning, you've come to church. Well done for coming to church, it's awesome. If you're watching online, it's so, so great that you can join us. But maybe you've come to church, but also you're buying into the chaos that the world is selling at the moment. Maybe you don't believe that you're worthy of the immeasurably more that I've been speaking about this morning. Newsflash this morning. Jesus came to make you worthy. Only the worthy one can make you worthy. Now, if you've bought into the chaos that the world is selling, it's a sell. For those of us who've, who've been there, it's a sell that will leave you destitute and emotionally broken, physically and mentally. You know, the woman at the well found this out the hard way. I want to encourage you that. If you're on a path 
that's probably leading to destruction. It's, it's time to take the next exit. Perhaps there's no one in your world that will speak as straight as this. Well, I thank God that you're here this morning. It's time to take the next exit. You know, if you've reached the end of the path, so I've, I've, I've gone all the way. Jesus is calling your name today. Don't, don't be tricked into seeking the unfindable. He is here. He is here now for you. Now it says in the Bible that the enemy, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came to give eternal life. It's his whole purpose of coming. See, our fight, it's not against humans. There's a spiritual fight on for, for your life right now. There's a spiritual fight on for your life right now. See, the war that's happening in the spiritual right now, if you're, if you're on, on the path or maybe doing things that you know you're not meant to do, it's to rob you and stop you from the promises and the immeasurably more that God has for your life. So the good news today is that Jesus is coming to sit down next to you today. He is dead set keen on sharing the hope and the good news and the eternal life that he shared with the woman at the well. That's how much he loves you. Now we, we all make decisions on trying to feel like we can belong in this world and have a sense of purpose. But truth be known, only an encounter with Jesus can give you that immeasurably more moment. For all of us in this space today, you may know, may know Jesus personally. You're saved. You've made a decision to follow him. Still, you may not be clearly able to define a specific calling on your life. Can I put that in inverted commas in a sarcastic way? A specific calling on your life. Be reminded all the same. You might say, oh, I, don't know. I don't know what it is. God is at work in every single one of us accomplishing his purposes. The deep work of the Holy Spirit. If God has saved you, if God has transformed you, you have something to share. That's a calling that's worth having. you got the hope of Jesus to share. That's a calling that's worth having. See, what was happening when the Samaritan woman shared with her town about Jesus transforming her life? Did she always share publicly like this? Was she, was she moving in a spiritual gift of evangelism that she just suddenly like, was she moving in a ministry role? Well, no, of course not. She just met Jesus. She just had an encounter with him. See, regardless of what description we could attribute to what she was doing, she indeed heard the words of Jesus that day. Heard that he is the giver of eternal life, received it, and had to tell others about it. That's a calling worth having. The Bible says that because of this, many others in her town believed because of her witness. As we enter the new year, if you've encountered Jesus personally, this is a reminder today. He saved you. He's transformed you. He's redeemed you and he's called you to share that eternal life with others. Your past, your challenges currently, they are not disqualifiers. Bring it all to Jesus. It's not about personality, spiritual gift, calling. 
It's about the immeasurably more that He has done in and through you. That, that's what matters. He wants you to share that gift with others. This year, a fresh moment of the immeasurably more. I want, let God breathe dreams into you again. Begin to have some wildest dreams for your family members. Begin to have some wildest dreams and then believe that He's going to go far beyond it. Amen. This morning, just as we come towards the end, and you may not know Jesus personally or you've been off doing your own thing for a bit. Have I got a story for you? You know, you, you may have been listening to this message right now and believing that because of choices and decisions and the outcomes of, of your life, that there is no hope, that there is no future and that God doesn't love you. From me to you, from someone who hasn't had an encounter with Jesus, just like the Samaritan woman at the well. Let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about Jesus, who knows everything that I ever did, the parts of myself that were hidden from the world, yet he still loved me. That's how he feels about you too. Still, he offers salvation and freedom, transformation, redemption from all those things that are holding you tight right now the parts of your life that are hidden he still loves you the secrets the addiction the pain the loss the coping mechanisms the relationships he knows it all still loves you he wants to restore you wants to heal you wants to give you the immeasurably more eternal life is what he wants to give you today I say this with with absolute intention today. Hear this clearly. You may have given yourself over to the very worst parts of the world. If you're thinking I was like dancing around it, but not not talking about like the real things, the very worst parts of the world is what you may have given yourself over to. You may be trapped in addiction today, cheating others and cheating yourself. God showed that Samaritan woman so much love. It's the same love that God wants to show you today. Straight to it today. God loves you deeply and wants to restore you. He saved her and He can save you. Romans 10, 13 says that those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this morning, I want to give you that opportunity to have your personal encounter with Jesus, the same, the same encounter that that woman at the well had. Jesus wants to have with you today. If we can close our eyes for a moment, if you're in this place and you don't know Jesus personally, this is your moment this morning to call on the name of the Lord, to receive salvation, to receive eternal life, that you will thirst no more for spiritual things that you won't try and fill that thirst with things from the world, the worst parts of the world, but it'll be filled with Jesus in your, in your life and in your heart. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray that prayer, inviting Jesus into your heart, receiving the gift of eternal life, forgiveness of sins. 
Church, can you join me in praying this prayer? But if you're praying this prayer for the first time, you know you need to get your life back with Jesus. You've been doing your own thing. This is your moment to come back. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you sent Jesus, that you loved me so much that you sent Jesus. At this moment, I'm calling on the name of the Lord. Jesus, save me. I turn from my own ways and I turn to follow you. I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sin. From this moment on, I'm following you. I accept eternal life and I accept the immeasurably more. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that that message was a blessing to you. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, first of all, congratulations. We think that that is incredible. And secondly, if you go to gc.org.au forward slash first steps, our team has put together some resources as well as there's some information there for how you can get in contact with one of our pastors because we'd love to encourage you and connect you into the life of the church.